Ludis introducing the original blood clad podcast not PS. Soothing semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah man, SWT semantic. Yeah man. Boom! Soothing semantic. Yeah man. Big up to the man. Soothing semantic. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky. Subscribe, like, share. How's it going, V? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm going per I'm doing well. You wait, Evie, right? Evie, Evie. is a vet, but Evie's like my nickname. Evie, perfect. Close okay. family friends. Okay. But you're more than welcome to call me Evie. Perfect. Okay. So we uh had like a quick chat. You were you're trained with, with Nick. Yep, right? for about a year. Okay. How'd you, how'd you get connected with them? Um, through Jared. Actually, I write for um, Stay Fit 305. It's a health and wellness website mm-hmm. um, based in Miami. It's um, a website where you can find out about local events that are fitness-related, uh, reviews about certain gyms, openings of new gyms, personal trainers, things like that. So um, I did an article on Jared uh, on how he trains in the summer for a winter sport and part of that training he mentioned nick and how he does mental his his mental coach and i'm like mm-hmm. what's that and i thought it was like the hype man of like rap but it's like the hype man of sports like he's just there like cheering you on or like you can do it but then he's like why don't you come out and you know show you what it, what it's all about so i met him out there and met nick and watched a few of the exercises that he did with jared and i'm like wow this is really cool so I said, I'd love to do an article on you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, perfect. So came back a few weeks later, and he, we did some exercises, and I did the interview. And I said, you know, I know I'm not a professional athlete, but I'd love to um, have sessions like once a week or something. He's like, that, he's like, he has a lot of clients that are not athletes. So I felt better about that. So I was like, okay, sign me up. So I never been been going ever since that's awesome i i saw i if you noticed if you saw the episode i did a couple of the um fit light i, th- I think that's what they're called mm-hmm. so yeah i, I was kind of playing around with the fit light it was very cool so i'm interested in doing something like this eventually even if i'm not particularly trying out for a sport like jared is but even in your everyday life to get your your mind and body connected make things more efficient it sounds awesome yeah get your mind right that's what he always says so yeah for sure it's um people don't realize i go to the gym i work out six days a week but the brain is also a muscle you need to keep that strong as well so i write i'm a writer so it's it's very draining and it could be like just mentally exhausting when you're researching and writing grants um Mm -hmm. because that's my kind of like my day job i'm a grant writer by day so Going to Nick once a week is kind of like it's using another part of the brain that's more it's it's just stimulating in another in another factor that doesn't include focus on words and writing it's more like just reaction time you know it does require focus but it's it's just different it's it's my release almost like with writing I'm sedentary it's monotonous 
all day, 10 hours of writing or sitting. So I go to the gym to release all that pent up energy. So it's the same thing with going to Nick. It's like that release of just, just, I want, I need, I need some brain games. I need some, some stimulation other than just writing, which he does incorporate, um, exercises that include words so oh really he knows i'm a writer so he tries to fit you know he he does customize certain like with jared it's a different you know oh i didn't know to he does wording with um with dustin it's you know punching punchings you know certain exercises so so we you know he he'll do some that he'll go oh no you like this because you're a writer and you'll like wow, that's fa- he's even he's even better than I thought. No, he's great. He's great, and, and I, he keeps you know statistics on everybody. And I'm competitive, so it's kind of cool to say I'm like, well, what did what did uh, Dustin do on this one? Or or he'll tell me like you're. I don't know if he's trying to hype me up, but he's like, you're like the my best non athlete athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> right? Why not? Yeah. Does he uh, does he have a bunch of them, or are you like one of the three, and he's just. I'm I mean, totally just, I'm just, what do you mean? I'm, I'm totally like busting your balls in the sense where I'm making the joke as if you have, there are three non-athletes, you're one of the three, and he's saying, yeah, 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 you're yeah, the best oh, of the three. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, I, I know he trains other non-athletes, no, I'm sure, but I'm sure you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, <laughs> I would, I definitely would do it, because I'm not, like I said, I'm not particularly, I also work out six days a week, but I don't do any kind of track or, or, you know, serious fighting or anything, I don't, so... It's definitely... It's addictive. And it just brings me back when I was younger. My mom and I used to do... She loved, like, word games and anagrams and word search. And we used to, like, race to see who would find all the words. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always been a... I've always been kind of like a word nerd. So Mm -hmm. some of those games that that Nick does kind of brings me back to those times where I was, like, I loved, you know, know, like, the grid, finding the numbers. So he has one exercise where he has the four fit lights... Um, both the grid, an iPad in the middle with 100 numbers. Oh, I saw. I think I saw find, Dustin doing that. Right. You got to find all 100 numbers, but you also have to be putting out the lights. And, you know, reaction time is, it, it comes all into play. So. This is probably great. It's great for anyone. I can imagine it. This is the kind of thing. And I, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned to this when I mentioned this when I was talking to Nick. For somebody older, considerably older, I'm talking 60s, 70s. This is probably something that can slow down the. I think so. It can slow down the yeah, process absolutely. of, you know, of dementia. Maybe if your brain is is working, there's a lot less of a chance you'll be more forgetful, and it's like anything else. Right. So it's just uh, it's something something I want to do. So other than other than Nick's training, you mentioned that you you do writing, right? I do writing. So I'm a grant writer by day. I was uh, started as a federal grant writer for uh, college, and um, you kind of just you don't really go to school for grant writing. You have to have some sort of you know skill in writing. Uh, so part of the process was writing a few you know grants, mock grants, and then they hired me because I. Had they felt like I had good writing skills. So you kind of like learn and develop those skills of grant writing along the way, especially for federal grant writers. What is grant writing for people? Grant writing. Um, so the word grant obviously is like to grant somebody something, right? Mm-hmm. So federal government <laughs> offers grants through several of their programs. Um, okay. So I figured it had to do with 
grants. Well, there, there, it's, it's also on the private side, but I, I started out on the federal side uh, writing for a, a college that required programming for, let's say, you know, all their um, departments, so science, math, whatever. So whatever department it was, I would work with faculty members and say, what is that you need, whether it's equipment for your science labs or, you know, whatever it may be, Department of Ed, U.S. US Department of Ed, mm. Department of Homeland Security, all those um, federal agencies have grant funding and they have to spend that money and allocate it down down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. So I was in charge of researching those grants, writing them, and they're very technical, very daunting. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful that I fell into that skill set because during times of <clears throat> recessions or, um, you know, just during recessive times, my skill set is oftentimes sought out because that's when grant funding kind of goes up. So in higher ed, it was, um, you know, if there was a recession, people lose their jobs, they go back to school, so enrollment rate goes up, so then mm -hmm. now there's more need for funding to accommodate all the influx of new students. So it's like a trickle effect. Um, so my job's always been sort of secured because even in the worst of times, it's when I'm the busiest. So... But then after, as of three years ago, I got in more on the private side. I started working for the nonprofit side. And there's mm -hmm. also grant funding there through corporate, corporate funding. They always have a nonprofit arm, you know, um, family foundations, private foundations, donor advice funds. How did you get into this? Um, yeah, like 15 years ago, I got into it because I applied for a job at a college um, in North Central Florida. And part of the application process was just writing a few mock grants because you don't I mean it's great if you have like an English or communications degree okay. um, so part of the application process was writing they wanted to see what your writing skills set because you don't really get a, a degree in grant writing right so it's just I you know I applied they said you got really good grant, grant writing skills and from then on professional development was key so they'd send me to all the conferences and kind of network with other grant writers so I had a few mentors along the way that taught me you know Grants 101, the skill set of researching, identifying what federal funds best um, fit the, you know, organizations that you're working for. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So my I've been writing way before that. Like I have journals and diaries probably dating back. I mean, I found them when I was, when I moved recently, I think sixth grade was when I started like di having diaries and journaling. So I have, I have just stacks and stacks of journals because I've always loved Very writing. Cool. I, I, I wish I knew you could have written my essays for me when I was younger. Oh, well, no, I yeah. was actually a good writer. The I, Spelling and writing were yeah. my best skills. I got yeah. it from my grandmother. She would read to me when I was younger and everything. So yeah. I'm very, I used to beat all the, the nerds in spelling bees. Yep, me too. Spelling yeah. bee champion. Yeah, I, I think I still have my fourth grade trophy back me in too. Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, sp I, I won with Encyclopedia. The biggest nerd in the class went out Ran out of the room crying. I felt so good. Uh. Yeah, I always, I, I would either win or I would come in in second place, but yeah. I almost always won. Yeah. Yeah, that was the best thing. Okay, so so I've never heard of this kind of career before. It's very cool. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a very, um, I get that a lot. Like, I've yeah, met a grant different. writer before. Because I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know they had that sort of thing. Yeah. I went, I went to college on a grant. Well, yeah. yeah, you can call it a grant and financial aid is a grant, right? No, it's a grant. There's Pell Grant. There's FAFSA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All that, yeah. yeah. 
that was good i yeah. i remember getting i actually made money to go to college yeah because the semesters were pretty cheap so i i got back a little bit of money so it was nice okay so that's very cool and then you okay so nick writing mm-hmm. we'll go into everything a little bit more i'm sure but you don't you have your own business did i misunderstand you yeah, well, last year during when COVID hit, um, they didn't furlough me, but they put me on a flex schedule. So that means one week on, one week off, you know, and I quickly said, well, this isn't going to work as a single mom, you know, like, I need full-time work. Mm-hmm. So I started doing consulting for um, just on my own, just people that were, a lot of my clients I get through word of mouth. So you know, if, if the word grant writer comes up, they're like, I actually know a grant writer, <laughs> you know, and that's like a, a really rare thing, like to know a grant writer. So then I get like calls. You're the only grant writer I know. There you go. So yeah, so I just started just doing side hustles with different clients that are needing, you know, grant writing. Um, actually, some of my friends that were furloughed or lost their jobs, helping them with like their resumes and mm-hmm. um, just picking up different work, uh, stay fit, kind of, we had to shift pretty quickly because now gyms were closed. Uh, so what do we do? So I proposed the idea of we need to perhaps write more articles about mental health, how to stay healthy at home, how to eat healthy. Uh, oh, that brings up, okay. Home you workouts. Just got me, you just got me going with Yeah, something. home workouts. Um, you know, I myself started like juicing, you know, and buying like fresh produce. And Do you think the juicing is so necessary? Don't you think it's like uh, a, a way to just milk people for money? This stuff is so expensive, no? Don't you think it's kind of more of a lifestyle? It is more of a lifestyle. Like, and it's a lot of work. Like I haven't done this my whole life. And I'm sure I can be healthier. I'm quite healthy overall i work out at least an hour to an hour and a half six days a week um can eat, i can eat better but i for the most part eat quite healthy i don't really drink too much crap i mostly just drink water mm-hmm. and protein shakes are the only liquids i pretty much drink occasionally I have an arizona whatever but um the juices are awesome like i'll occasionally have like a i don't know five six dollar juice very very occasionally but there are people who have them, having them daily. I don't know, maybe you are, which is fine. Mm, not daily. But they're a, they're but a lot, right? It's a lot of work because I would buy the vegetables raw and then make. Oh, that's different. I'm yeah. talking about when you go and you you buy these like. But either way. No, I bought like, like a juicer. Okay, I'd so if make it's like beet, carrot juice. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if if you're buying all the stuff and making it, then then of course, then it makes sense. But for people that are spending like eight dollars every morning for one of them, oh no! And they're but the thing is, they sell it. My point is, they sell it as if it's a necessity to have. You get what I'm saying? Because it's all this stuff in one. If you don't have it, you're not at your peak potential. But if if it costs like eight bucks for every single one, I mean, if you don't care to to pay for it, who cares? Right? Do you go? Do you get where I'm going? Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. there before these juices were a thing. Fruit is still still exists. Vegetables still exist. Right. It's not as convenient. You get where I'm going. Right. So that's why I, that's why I'm asking you if if you think it's it's such a game changer. I mean, you have to have the time. Meal prepping in itself, I think that's where people like, you know, initially when they buy all these, like, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing articles and blogging about how I do it, and 
to make it more simpler. And it is, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of work. Even, you know, you buy 10 pounds of carrots and it makes like maybe three mason jars of juice, you know. 10 pounds of carrots. Yeah, like two five pound bags. Wow. And then some beets and ginger and all that stuff. So it was, it was kind of crazy. 10 pounds of carrots makes three mason jars. It made like three tall, like maybe, I don't think like 16 ounce jars. Oh, okay. I thought Um, we were talking like the small. Yeah, like, well, yeah. But it's still a lot of work for those, you think. All those carrots, you're gonna get like a gallon. How much does carrot juice cost? It's a ready made a lot of it's a lot. Can't you get that stuff? What's it called? Naked, I think. That juice isn't that yeah, the vegetable but juice? But I think for me, it was it's like therapeutic to prepare the meal prepping too. Mm-hmm. It was more. It's more about the process. Like I enjoyed like making it, just like. This is definitely a Miami thing. I notice is like a big thing with Miami people and smoothies and it's just the tropical. I'm from New York. Yeah. So this is a very big thing. All these cafes have it. They have these smoothies and ooh, this uh, <laughs> onion and onion water cucumber drink. And everyone, it's only twenty one ninety five. Yeah. And everyone's like, ooh, I'll have it three times a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's part of the thing. You know, yeah. it's it's healthy and whatever. You know. Yeah. Um. I mean, it? for me, it was just fun. It's it was fun making it. So, right. I enjoy I enjoy meal prepping and doing all that stuff. So you gotta you gotta have the patience to do it. Just like challah, you know, I make challah every Thursday. Or, you make challah? Yeah, I don't Fine. even have a. Okay, I'll 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 take a, whatever challah you don't. I mean, you're gonna use it all, but there's nothing nothing like the homemade challah. The where the where the the dough the inside not the not the outer side but the the inside of the challah oh, yeah. has that texture that you know it's homemade and everyone any Jew knows what I'm talking about. There's a distinct difference between the bought challah mm-hmm. and the oh my god yeah. But my that heart. to me is like I look forward to making that every week because it's it's very therapeutic. Is it you know, crispy? Like is it kind of crispy on the outside? Oh yeah, I make. Um, Everything bagel flavored one, and then I make. Uh, do you do you sell it or you just Nutella one, and I make. Uh, these are the three three most popular ones. Then, the churro one, which is cinnamon sugar. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm kind of. Uh, yeah. I would like to try the challah <laughs> at some point. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're very so you're also very into cooking. It looks like. No. Sounds like baking. Baking, okay. I like sweets. I have a sweet tooth, hence why I go to the gym all the time because mm. I'm not going to give it up. So I have a my cheat day where I can, you know, yeah, load everybody. up on carbs and <laughs> For sure, for sure. I'm not a big sweets guy. I'm just much more of like a heavy food guy, carbs. Like I love pasta. Yeah. I don't eat it too much anymore. I used to eat it heavily. But like, damn, I love a good like penny vodka. <sighs> Anything, fettuccine. I love pasta. I love cheese and I love pasta. I can eat it all day. It's crazy. It's not easy as a bodybuilder to make a lot of money. It's a very small percentage that actually win those awards and make it far into the bodybuilding space. It's very, very competitive and very, you know. Uh, But what I do notice that's a lot more common is that there are people who are doing very well financially, but when it comes to their physical health, they don't take much uh, much time and, and they don't put much effort into making sure that they look good and and feel good and i'm it's just uh it's interesting and i think a lot of them feel like if i'll speak for men if they have a nice amount of money for instance 
the fitness is just a secondary thing. It's just a side thing. It's not that important. Um, I was talking to somebody who who was telling me that working out now isn't such a priority because he's married. And not to throw him under the bus, he knows who he is if he's listening to this. But the thing I don't understand is why somebody, when they're single, they'll put all this time and effort into working out. But when they're married, they go, oh, well, now I'm married. The person loves me. They're stuck with me. Now I can just kind of forget about it and say, fuck the whole thing. Mm-hmm. If anything, and I don't, I don't mean this to, I don't, I'm not saying this to sound all like cute. If you are marrying somebody and they are giving you their time and their resources and their attention and, and vice versa, shouldn't you, if anything, want to work out more? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just a skewed. It I were really delving into this, but it gets me thinking. I think it has a lot to do with. You have to do it for yourself. So I've always. Oh, for sure. I've but always been. I've always been, since probably like eighteen, nineteen. I really got into health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously when I got engaged, I'm like, oh, I gotta lose those ten pounds, and then I really got you know, focused, and. There was a guy I was working with who had lost a ton of weight. I'm like, how did, how did you lose your weight? And he's, he says, well, I'm working with a trainer at the gym, mm-hmm. but he's also helping me learn how to eat better. And women, and men too, but in general, I'm speaking from my personal experience, the word diet already creates a barrier in your mind. It's psychological. So... A lifestyle, you're it, saying. It's, yeah, right. So he's like, this is not a diet. He's, he's changing the way I eat. And it's going to change the way you eat. I'm going to share it with you so that way you don't have to spend all this money. I was young. You know, I was on juices? Make, you're, saying, you're saying I'm not going to have to spend money on juices? Well, on the nutritional plan that he's, his trainer had him on. Okay. And so he shared it with me. And it was just basic things like just replacing one thing with another, you know, instead of, you know, with tuna, instead of like in the beginning, like don't put like so much mayonnaise in it. Maybe put a little mustard, some relish, you know, instead of like these heavy thick dressings, put... A little bit of uh, balsamic vinegar, or mm-hmm. eat brown rice instead of white rice. You know, all these different things that little by little I started changing, and, and it get, just you, became and a you way of life. You get used to them. You get used to it. My, it's funny how there are certain things I really don't want to give up permanently, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So, for instance, I have Haagen Dazs ice cream in my freezer. Love it. I could eat a whole tub of it straight, yeah, no me, problem. Me too. Yeah, most people can, right? You can yeah. go through a whole thing. But in my mind, I've gotten used to having a couple of spoons, even if it's every day. I have, and I usually, I usually do not have ice cream every day. I have it some on the weekend, if I do, whatever. But there'll be some days where I'll have a few spoonfuls consecutively. But I'm not going to sit there and eat a whole tub. So have I done it? Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. Yeah. But I'm, I'm quite good at it. I'm definitely I think those not- little dishes, you know, those little dipping dishes they give you at the restaurant, like with your, like, catch up or like they're like this big uh-huh so that's what i put it in so oh, my mind really like, good oh you're good that's really that's very portion control that's so awesome. i felt i feel satisfied like all right i had i had my ice cream that's awesome yeah it's it's you also appreciate it more when you don't it's like anything it's like anything when you ration it and you're more disciplined about it when you get to have it when you allow yourself that uh, that pleasure that guilty pleasure then you're not guilty pleasure. You're you. It's so much better. You know what I mean. You have ice cream twice a day, and you're just shoveling it down your throat versus having it on occasion. When you have it, it's so much more blissful. 
So, um, yeah, they're definitely just yeah, having so taking the word diet out is was really key because I mm-hmm. had my like my cousins like I'm on a diet and they're right from the get go they already have a negative mindset it's like they're in like it's so true they're in food jail it's so true people you would know? yeah a hundred percent so yeah and I, with my daughter i've never used the word diet in the house she said you know if you if you eat more than you should have then you move more just move mm-hmm. you know do go go swimming she plays volleyball so she she's pretty active anyway but you know body image especially with having a, a daughter especially and especially in today's age in today's times, it's all about image, right? They have this thwarted image of what the female body should look like. I think it's evolved a bit over the years now with more acceptance with full figures, you know, and just body positive. Yeah, I think they're a little, I think the, the Hollywood's a little crazy with like the Victoria's Secret models. They should, I think they're a little bit too skinny. It's a little unhealthy. I don't know why that's, I don't know. Listen, to each their own. That's what people, but it's a little bit, it's very unhealthy that the women that are considered to be like the most beautiful women are they're they're literally this big yeah it's it's very it's a very unhealthy message to send to to an entire society it is it's my feeling i think a lot of guys agree with that too it's just it's interesting how that became the norm which i I definitely don't think it should be but i like what you're talking about with diet because i was having this debate with a friend of mine uh, like 2 years ago and he always goes in these diets he goes in these diets he runs a lot he tracks his running on the treadmill loses a bunch of weight and then he just gains it back and i'm like bro you can't do this in increments or in uh, spurts you have to do it all the time it has to be a lifestyle right because you're going to burn yourself out you hate doing it you're going to do it for 3 months then you can't wait to you have that burger and fries and whatever and then you're back to the same bullshit so you have to you have to make it a lifestyle he's like what do you mean he was like disagreeing with me he's like a diet is i'm like dude how are you supposed to sustain this long term so then he ended up agreeing with me because it was common sense and um that's why whenever someone says i'm going on a diet i I look in my head if i know them i'll call them out on it right away even if i don't know them i'll call them out on it honestly (laughs) but um it doesn't make any sense and i think that's it could be a strategy for some of these businesses too like um atkins and whatever because they know that the person may come right back you get what i'm saying yeah meaning there it's like a never-ending cycle yeah the same way they do it with like these 90-day workouts i love that stuff like i did p90x you've heard of it yeah yeah what was it was good yeah but it's it's it sells you a message. I don't. Truth is, I don't think Tony Horton. I don't think the the, the guy who created it didn't disclose that ninety days isn't necessarily enough. It's definitely going to make a difference. Those ninety days can be very effective, but if you're very out of shape, ninety days is not going to put you no. where you need to be. Ninety days is. I, that's why I don't like these things so much because it's very misleading. If you're already in pretty good shape and you just need to lose 10, 15 pounds, P90X is fantastic. But if you're 80 pounds overweight, P90X, more like P300X, P360X. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's with less food and this and that. So people, yeah, people take, people just, um, t- sometimes they take things at face value and they shouldn't. It's just interesting. Yeah, and I think with, those types of they're great 
like you said, if you want to shred or you want to maybe, you know, your body gets p- kind of plateaus. Like I have to, I have to switch up my, my workouts. I get bored easily. So I don't mm-hmm. do like the same workout every day. Are you, are you bored? So maybe? bored right now. No, I was being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean like workout routine. Ex- like I can't do like the same thing over and over again. Like one day I'll do like a hit workout. The next day is just like strength and conditioning or a Tabata style. I'll do a class. Tabata you know, style? What is that? Tabata is like 20 seconds and then with 10 second breaks in between each exercise. And there's like four sets. So then you do it like for 20 seconds straight. And it's usually high impact. And then you rest for 10 seconds. Then you do it again for 20 seconds. Then you do it. Yeah. Yeah, because usually when I with weight, I I don't do I don't do a lot of cardio. Sometimes I'll do jump roping. I mainly do weights. So I'll take depending on the weight, I'll do like thirty seconds if it's not very heavy, and then if it's heavier, I'll take a bit of a longer break. But it's um, yeah. No, I I, I do two muscle groups a day, and I do each muscle group twice a week. So I do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Then I do it again Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what works best for me. And then I do the first half of the week heavier weight, lower reps, and the the second half lower weight, higher reps. So this way it works on the growth of the you know size of the muscle, but also the strength, and it kind of gives me that a bit of a relaxation time. If I'm going very heavy in the beginning, I want to kind of r- relax it a bit towards the end of the week so then i for the next coming week i'm a little more prepared for the heavy weight again i mean i've done my research and this is just what's worked what right. works best for me awesome yeah mm-hmm. i don't do enough cardio though that's the thing yeah i don't i, do I don't more. do as much cardio um as more of you know the body weight or Tell i've incorporated my own like especially last year when gyms were closed i kind of like bought kept buying weights heavier and heavier weights so i started kind of incorporating strength training at home, kettlebells, um, you know, free weights. And it, you could, I could definitely see a change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly body weight. Do you do any like squats with like barbells and, or anything or no? Not, at, not, no, not really. Not at the, not at the gym. I kind of like just do um, classes or I'll do, some of the Nautilus machines. I love the stair climber right right now. Stairmaster. Like yeah, but it's like the old, sc- like the one that's just. It's not the glider one. It's not the elliptical. It's like a legit stairmaster. Sorry. Legit stair. We're not talking like, about the original stairmaster. I guess it is. I don't know. The I, one with the, the actual stairs, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's good. That and one's intense. Like, I've never, I never used to. I never got into that. So now, recently, I see more and more of them in the gym. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me try it. Yeah, no, and they're very you good. you burn quite a bit of, yeah. Yeah, it, if it you, works. that's very good for you. If yeah. you stay on that long enough and you're at a fast enough speed, you sweat buckets from that thing. Yeah. What, what for me works fantastically is squatting. Squatting, heavy enough weight, I sweat like a monster, just dripping sweat. Because you're working out the biggest muscles in the body. Right. You're putting so much strain and, and, and you know, pressure on them your body just kind of, your body's like, holy shit. You know what I mean? I think those are my favorites. Like, you know, the deadlifts and all those types that work out the, mm-hmm. the glutes and quads, the hamstrings, quads all that. and the hamstrings. And yeah, and my butt looks great after it's all said and done. Plie squats, sumo squats, <laughs> all those squats, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's funny how, 
how men tend to prefer working out the upper body. I mean, it's per, we don't have to explain it. It's perfectly understandable. But like women tend to want to work out the lower half. Men want to work out the upper half. And uh, sometimes they tend to like neglect the other side. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have a lot of guys who have like stick legs and you have women who have their, maybe their torso and upward isn't as uh, formed or shaped, but the, you know, the bottom half is their big focus. It's just interesting how that and works. I, and I think it's preference too, because I, I, I want, more tone on the upper body but not like like size or muscle right i don't i think for me for myself i prefer more of just a a more tone softer look um versus just kind of like bulky you know 100 percent. the truth is whether you're doing that for you or not most guys have that preference i know i have that preference like i don't i'm not i respect women that are very muscular oh, and absolutely. i have i i definitely respect that i say listen credit to you you're putting the work in that's what you want good for you it takes dedication there's a lot of guys who don't do that um but as far as like what i find attractive i definitely don't i think most most guys aren't attracted to women who are like overly muscular it's not a you know i, I commend it it's great but it's not a it doesn't look very feminine so I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to the mind thing. So mm-hmm. if I don't work out, I don't feel good. I don't sleep as good. Um, Without a doubt. I don't, you know, it's, it's a mood enhancer. I could be in a really bad mood and, and go and the endorphins kick in from the workout and the sweat and, just, and I just feel better. There's and it could be at like all, all hours. My friend's like, you're insane. Like it's 1030 at night and you just drove three hours from Orlando and now you're going to go work out. And I'm like, it's, and I think it's a little bit of my compulsive um, behavior too and personality it's like I'm, I'm kind of like if I don't work out today something's gonna go wrong <laughs> I don't know like the universe will be off or something so I just I do it mm-hmm. so I think it's more to help also with everything every other aspect of the mind body um, you know just it's all in one we're all it's all connected so at the end of the day it's exercise should be not only not only to work on yourself aesthetically, but I think it's more, it's more, for me anyway, it's more inner. It's all about the... For, yeah, I think for, for sure it's, uh, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. It's definitely a collection of outer and inner. There's nothing better than just achieving for me just the achieving the the next goal you know even if you're kind of happy with where you are and you're you know as a guy as a person who likes to lift weights you kind of have these goals you want to achieve which is very exciting because there are other aspects of my life where i want to achieve things but i love that i have my own goals in the gym too aside from anything else so this week i'm lifting x amount of weight in the next couple of weeks i want to be lifting this amount of weight you know, and there's when you finally achieve it, it's phenomenal. You you rack the the barbell back on the thing after a bench press. You get off of the bar and you you get off of the bench and you're like, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's not. And you just yeah. see everyone around you and there's a couple of people mm-hmm. next to you lifting like half the weight. And you just, I leave the gym and I'm like, I am the man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's amazing because you feel like the rest of the day you're just gonna kill the day. Yeah. You know, and people don't have that and they miss out on it. You go early in the day, you finish the workout, you feel good, you look good, you go have a good meal. I think for a lot of people it's just tough because they're not at all near where they want to be. So for like you and I, we're both we're both in good shape, you know, like we're both 
taking it seriously. We both do it, so it's easier to maintain it. But if you or I, you or I were both both out of shape and we like just stepped in, it's hard. It's hard because you have to break that barrier into you get what I'm saying that yeah. flow state. It's hard right. for people. That's why I think where a lot of people they can't get past that barrier, especially if they're a lot older. So let's say you're 40 and this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in a real gym or you've the first time you've really taken fitness seriously. It's crazy to think that there are people who, who've waited their, half their life to start f- taking fitness seriously, but there are people like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I started at 15, so I, I have, you know, I have experience with it, but there are people who start a lot later. It's hard. You know, you know people, I'm sure you do because you're in that kind of... Yeah. Yeah, family and some friends. And like they start much later in like, life. Honey, you're so disciplined. And I, and I, I don't know how to respond to that other than because I, I just see it very. You've been doing it for a while. Black already. and white. Like it's just like do yeah. it or don't do it. Like right. just do it. And it's not it's not as easy for them. And I have to kind of like, you know. They also hate it. See, like for them, they feel like it's it's like a chore. They have right. to. Oh, this, I don't want to. There's that I go and I'm like, I do not want to be here. I'd rather be home. Eating hot leg dogs. day, <laughs> leg day. I always when I when I'm done with it, I feel like a million dollars. Some of the like the lighter workouts, but when I'm squatting a lot of weight, I'm like, fuck, this stuff sucks because it really takes a toll on you, especially yeah. the next couple of days. It, you your legs kill. Like yeah. I I did legs yesterday. My legs are definitely sore now, but tomorrow, the two this two days afterwards, yeah, you know how it is. Brutal. Oh my god! I'm gonna try to get out of bed, and I'm gonna feel like an old man. Yeah. I mean, it's better. I've been working out legs for a while now, so even when they get really sore, my, you know, my your body gets used to it. You know, when you when you miss like two weeks and then you go back to it, that's when your legs are done. Yeah. But your body starts to adapt, so it's not going to be too bad. But um, there are some workouts that I definitely look forward to. And there's days where you just you know, okay, that wasn't I didn't. It wasn't my best. As much as I should have done, right. But you did it, and you went, and at least you did it. Right. And that's what I kind of, like, tell myself. Without I, a question. Like, you already go in knowing, like, this. I'm not really into this. You try, but you really didn't mm-hmm. put all, you're all into it. So there's there's definitely days like that. I just try to motivate my friends that are struggling, and, you know, a lot, a lot of it is here. And that's 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 the thing. It's It's all... You know, try to incorporate yoga and meditation, uh, and especially during COVID last year, people were home. So then, it, it it's it's very easy to fall further into that rabbit hole of, you know, there was memes out there like you know going to the fridge every five seconds because you're bored, you're home, mm-hmm. so you're gonna eat more. There was that whole whole thing where I kind of like this is great because I was never home. I was always always working, and. I get that you you mentioned that you sorry to, to interject you you uh yeah you mentioned you can be pretty compulsive so when you're home and you have nothing to do do you just run around the living room? No, I um, have my <laughs> yoga mat and I. <laughs> we were just talking. Oh, I made the joke about the living room. Oh no! I, actually, before COVID, I was I was doing home workouts because I worked such crazy hours. Sometimes I didn't want to go to the gym. I'd mm-hmm. come home and there was a girl I had found years ago, probably two three years ago, that does has a youtube channel and was doing free workouts she'd post a new video every every morning and i liked her because she switched it up every day so i was doing that way before COVID hit so i just ramped that up when we were all in quarantine so i that's when i started building like my own little home gym at home because she was kind of becoming more popular because there were, were more people staying at home and trying to find ways to stay fit 
and she just to me she she helped me stay motivated and that was my workout for the day she it ranges from like a 60 minute 45 minute 30 minute whatever whatever you know timed workout she had for that day I made sure I did it every day and and so it was that's a lot of the struggle with people like the home is my sanctuary I like I don't want to work out at home but if you have nowhere else to go or go outside ride your bike or whatever mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is but you have to get it in somehow. A hundred percent. And so that, 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 um, I, I wrote that in the hopes of like, you know, maybe people can look towards, and then that whole boom started with these gyms. Like they had to figure out a way to make money. So then they started doing live at home workouts, live feeds, you know, like, and it went pretty well for, and I'm it sure did. A lot, a lot of, of them became very, yeah, successful with those. Um, Peloton became huge over COVID. Exactly. So a lot of, things that evolved that normally probably wouldn't evolved if COVID hadn't happened. So yeah, I, yeah, it alleviated more time for me. Like I said, to maybe, you know, like start my business, write more creatively. And that's when I started blogging Mm because I wanted to, you know, I had an idea for a book years ago and just kind of kids and life just kind of kept getting in the way and probably my infamy for procrastination. Like I always just never had time to, write the book and finish mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. i have like a couple pages here a couple pages there and so now i found myself you know i'm at home now and for me being an introvert it was like a dream like to be home and not going out networking all the time even though it was part of my job but that's what it was it was my job so there are people who definitely love that aspect who love that covid kind of brought everyone into I, that more introvert. I, I know I actually like relished in it. I, I loved it. I I loved being at home, not doing a two hour commute, not stuck in traffic, not just Just relaxing at home in like your comfy slippers and just like relaxing on I your mean, couch. Ex- yeah. You know, I bonded yeah. getting closer with my kids because when you're working ten, twelve, thirteen hour days, coming home ten, eleven o'clock at night, you know, it wasn't till that until COVID hit that I was really like, wow. My you say two was, hour commute. You mean an hour in each way, right? Well, it was an hour. I live in Broward, so North Broward. So I, and I worked in Miami. So, you know, one accident or a rain shower, that's it. <laughs> You're on the 826 for like the rest of the morning. You might as well just kick back and listen to your audible because you're not going to be at work anytime soon yeah so that that i didn't miss at all at all and i and i was able and as a writer like i really didn't need to be in office in an office environment and it actually was more distracting Mm -hmm. because you get interruptions throughout the day and especially when with federal grants and and certain grants are very technical and they're deadline driven so it's Mm -hmm. due at five o'clock if you don't click that button at five o'clock that's it you're disqualified so all these months of work and writing and researching is down the drain so when you're getting interruptions all the time, and that's not the way, that's not, my, I have a certain way of a system when I'm working. AirPods in, certain music, and then I, I write. And that's just the way I can't be, you know, interrupted or I like to be alone. And I shared an office with somebody and, you know, it, it was just, it's not, it wasn't conducive. But, you know, some organizations felt like the body there was, was more important and, you know, so it worked out for me, especially in that sense, because I was able to focus more on my writing and then open up a little bit more on my personal creative writing through through like my blogging on Medium and, you know, doing articles for Stay Fit um, and just, you know, working on my book. So I actually actually like 
got more and more into my book. Hopefully, I can finish it. My goal is by the end of the year. That's it. That's awesome. So. Make sure I, I definitely uh, want to check it out before you put it out everywhere. Were you planning on? You're gonna plan? Excuse me. You plan on having it on Amazon and everywhere else? I think. I don't want to talk go, ahead of myself. Go big or I, go home, I, maybe. I, I may. I I I was thinking about either self-publishing it or, but now I have somebody that is has a publishing company that may be interested in publishing it. And because of concept, she's really intrigued awesome. by it. So um, she feels like self-publishing it wouldn't bring it to how she wants to bring it forth. It's, um, it, you know, it's it's just a semi-autobiography. It's about my life experiences, but it's has a twist in the sense that it's... Um, I don't know if you ever heard of sleep paralysis, but I suffer. I've been having, I've, I've suffered from sleep paralysis since I was like five or six years old. How often? How common? How uh, often is this? Now it's not as common because I've learned over the years to kind of. You're talking about the sleep paralysis in the sense where you can't, when you wake up, you while you're sleeping, you feel like you it's can't It's the inability move. to move either in the process of falling asleep or in the you process have, of waking up. You have this often? Still? Yeah, I think, like, my first memory of it, well, I was, like, five or six. Oh, I mean, I've had it plenty of times. But over the years, yeah, it was just... Um, yeah, what's crazy is that as I got older, I started to realize that I'm having it. When I was younger, I would have it, and I would forget. And every time I would have it, I wouldn't really realize what's going on. As I got older, for some reason, my brain started to get to understand what was happening. I don't know if this is... Maybe this happens to you, too. And now, if it ever happens, which is almost never... I, I, I realize, oh, I'm having that. This is happening right yeah. now. And I start fighting it. Like I start like forcing my body to move. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it's ever worked. I feel like it has. But, it, but it's all in your mind anyway. Like I don't think you're actually awake for it, are you? I mean. Or I've also had, uh, whenever I have it, a scary. It's, it's there's, a, there's a big controversy between like the scientific world and the spiritual world on sleep paralysis right so the scientific world saying no it's like it's part of your REM sleep and it's it's your body trying to wake up when you're in REM and it's and and it's 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 um not allowing you to move and wake up during your dream Mm -hmm. or that part of your REM sleep Mm -hmm. um but in the spiritual world they're saying because a lot of people experience certain things while they're in this lucid dreaming uh, and I've experienced it where it's harrowing, like it's terrifying. It's not only the process that you can't wake up, but you're also having a nightmare or you're, and you're actually consciously f- awake and you could see, but you're not, so eyes aren't I've open. gotten this, but you know what happens? I'm, I'm like, I can say this because it's true. When I, when I have scary dreams, which I occasionally still get, I go into fight mode. It's weird. But like when I have a, I had one a few months ago where I was in some random dark place and there were like wolves or something, something like that. And they started running at me and I, and I was just like, all right, let's do this. And it's happened a bunch of, it's happened a bunch of times. Like I was a little scared and then I like psyched myself into it and I was like, okay, whatever the hell this is, let's do this. And then the dream just ended and I, and I woke up and I was like, nice. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. You know? And I didn't fully remember what happened, but I just remembered that there was something scary and I decided to, to deal with it. Right. And I just decided to translate it as, that as, you can, yeah, I was like, you're, you know, like it made me feel good. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, part of my book is like real life experience mixed in with those dreams, but I, I don't, I don't want to, 
some are going to be very obvious which ones are the dreams, but some aren't. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know if you've I've had dreams where I can, I've woken up, I'm like, that could probably be a movie or something. Like, that was so crazy. Like, it had a plot. Like, it had Details. a beginning and end. And I would write it down because I was like, that that was insane. So, but the reader, from a reader's perspective, I don't want them to know which is which. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the whole concept of, well, that'd be cool because then maybe people would ask, like, in that part of the book, like, was that real or was that the dream? And then, I don't know, that's up to you to figure out. Like, I don't want to reveal that. So, but years ago, that, that, that didn't have a term. So I never really talked about it because I was like, I felt like I was a freak. Like, who has, who, what is this? Like, I would l- literally pull myself out of it. But physically, you're like jerking out of bed. Your, your heart is racing. You're physically tired. I mean, because you're really mo- trying to move. I mean, you're shaking. You probably didn't have move. your smoothie. You probably missed out no, on your smoothie. No, I didn't have my smoothie. That was probably it. But, <laughs> yeah. And there was a documentary, like, five years ago that came out on Netflix. And it, uh, yeah, I got emotional because I was like, wow, there's a lot more people out there that, that suffer from this than I thought. And so, yeah. So now I've openly talked about it. And I've actually, you know, um, during when I was in school, I wrote a paper on it. And it was like a peer discussion afterwards and all my classmates read it. And like the next day I had like all these messages from like, I'm so glad you wrote this. Like I suffer from this too. And I don't know, it was like really cool because it brought out like that, you know, more more and more people do um, suffer from it. And there's a way to control it. Like I can control it. Like I said, if I'm very sleep exhaustion, you know, narcolepsy, like there's certain scientific diagnoses that may trigger it. so, but if I feel myself that I'm falling into that, um, like you said, I fight it and I'll wake up and I'll purposely like get up, walk around. I won't go to sleep. I'll do something else. Interesting. And then I'll that's try to go so back to sleep. amazing. The brain is, that's why it's. But in the spirit, oh, like people in the religious world, because a lot of people do see put, like they put demons, all this meaning creatures, behind it. They put meaning they, behind it. They see things that are like not, and I, I've, I have felt like, you know, bad presence. I've heard voices. I've. Heard in your dreams walking. or outside of your dreams? No, I mean, I'm awake. It's it's hard to explain because it's it's like yeah, you can't move and you're not, you know. I think these dreams have meaning. I'm, I don't know if like I don't want to sound crazy, but I feel like there's if it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that thing's going to happen, but it could mean that there's something in your mind. Like you know, I decided to determine these dreams where something's scary and I fight it as I'm a resilient person and I can handle this. So if something scary is about to happen, I, that's, that's what I decide to yeah. take. It's up to, for my interpretation. I can go and meet with some psychic who can make some claim that I probably won't believe anyway. So I'd rather just to make that determination right. for myself. Who knows what it means? A bunch of like scary things about to attack me and I just woke up right afterward. Yeah. Maybe something will try to attack me at some point, whether it's physical or mental, and I have to overcome it psychologically. That's what I took from yeah. it. And I, I, every time I got out of it alive, I didn't run away in the dream. So I took that as, okay, I'm resilient. I can handle it. That's what I took from it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've accepted it and I don't, I'm not as afraid of it anymore. Like I had it recently. I think I was just, exa- I, I think it was brought on by exhaustion really, but. Very possibly. Yeah. So I just, yeah, you accidentally, like, you ever watched the movie Step Brothers? Yes. Yeah, so you favorites. accidentally put like your purse in the oven? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I 
learned it, but I'm still sore. Well, there's lots more with that. Oh my God. No. What, what the happened? Uh, oh. oh my God. Maybe Dale left the back door open and raccoons oh got in. Oh my God. Nancy, is this your purse in the freezer? Yes. It's Brennan. He sleepwalks and he always puts my purse in the freezer. Dale sleepwalks too. No. What the hell is this doing here? I know I put a pizza in at 400. What's my Chanel bag doing in the oven? You know, your daughter comes down. Mommy, what what, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I just, uh, yeah. you, just put it, you just put it back on the chair where you had it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's, that's kind of like the premise of it. Of just, I think more and more people talk about it more. Yeah, I think Billie Eilish even, one of her songs, uh, when, we fall asleep, when We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? That song that's about wrote, it it's about it cause she suffers from it and so it's interesting a lot of people like create a lot of their creative side comes from ex- those experiences i mean i'm incorporating mine in my book because it it you know the the first time i ever experienced was it was a, a nightmare but it was it was about my mom mm-hmm. so where i could you know in my dream i see her and I walk up to her and then she's like, only you could see me now. That's the only thing she said in my dream. But I, I. Sounds eerie. That sounds it was very eerie. I will, I try to wake up and I couldn't. That's creepy. But so for years I carried that dream with me. I was very close to my mom, but I lost her when I was 20. And I, what, it, I immediately felt that guilt. Like, see, I brought that on because. Yeah, that sounds very, so very. It's just very. Ominous. Yeah. Very ominous. Only that's you a, can see me now. That's only like, you can see me now. Wow, that's trippy. So as a kid, you don't. I didn't really understand it, but I feared it, and I feared something would happen to my mom. I, that's just the way my my. All I'm saying I processed is, it. if you decide to create a film about these things, and I can be an actor, no, I honestly would love to do acting. I'm you not would, interested in moving to California and living in a trailer, but I think I have a knack for it. I can definitely do action film because of my military experience. I love doing different impressions. Like I can do different impressions from different countries um i would love to do voiceover mm-hmm. so if you have anything in that mind. was my uh, dream is like i wasn't the athletic type you know i did dance for about eight eight to ten years um ballet you know that kind of stuff growing up but there's pictures of me like spoon on an ottoman like everybody come around doing a concert be here at seven you know That's so hilarious. my family members would come out and awesome. i sing i dance i was do the whole thing i would act out like make you know my friends come over like we'd act out like certain movies that we were watching like the outsiders were like one of our favorite favorite mm-hmm. movies at, at the time we would decide okay you're gonna play cherry i'm gonna play and then we're gonna just reenact all the scenes that's great so yeah, yeah i liked charades when i was younger that yeah. was fun that was always good I would get frustrated when people just couldn't get the damn reference because I couldn't. And I was like dying to to speak it. Yeah. But you can't do yeah. that. And I was like, yeah. And they just, everyone's like, <laughs> but it sure is your fun. Right. Yeah. So Evie, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit short on time. So I hope uh, this was a, almost an hour, 58 minutes. Oh, wow. So we definitely got a lot. Uh, we discussed a lot. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future. Uh, if you'd be if you'd be open to it, we can discuss. Uh, we didn't get into discussing the whole conversion thing, so oh, yeah. um, I just I do have to I have to take care of a few things today. 
but um well, thank you thank so you much me. thank you so much for coming i had a really nice time and guys make sure again to like subscribe share i'm going to drop all your social media so yeah, any websites workwise so people can connect with you and uh, as always ladies and gentlemen tune in every sunday at 9 a.m eastern it's also on spotify google podcast apple podcast uh, a lot of the other random breaker and these others that nobody seems to know about and uh that is all stay tuned thank you so much again thank you.